Hey guys, thanks for watching Ike Live. It's brought to you by Mystery Tackle Box. Please check them out. They've got a great product. Go to mysterytacklebox.com. If you use the coupon code IKELIVE, you get 50% off Sweet. your first pro box. That's $12.50 <laughs> for a almost $50 value of baits in this box. Welcome back. Uh, you're watching a brand new Ike Live show here on a cold, chilly, snowy Saturday night. Uh, hope you're having a good time. Um, want to remind you, we've got a good one for you tonight. We've got David Dudley joining us uh, just a second here in, in a couple seconds. Uh, want to also remind you, if you're watching over on Facebook, which might be the better option tonight, we might be having a, a couple little YouTube. difficulties on IkeLive.com. But if you're watching over on Facebook, like and share the feed. You're going to be entered in a contest to win the famous iCloud gift bag. Uh, also, you saw the commercial there. Uh, Heshi Socks, big supporter of the show. Dave and I are both wearing the socks tonight. Uh, if you get a chance, go over to HeshiWear.com. Check out the socks. We've also got some on there that the proceeds go toward the Ike Foundation and help get new kids fishing. So I want you to check that do out. They, do they make different sizes? They don't. Uh, it's one size fits all. <laughs> Because mine go to my knees. <laughs> yeah. I looked at yours at your calf. No, I got no, like no. Well, I got because like, I got I had them. Oh, down. okay, no, that's mine do. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No. All right. No. <laughs> no, I actually I like I like the longer sock. Are you a yeah. fan of the longer sock? I like the longer sock. No, because I feel like it's like I feel like it's sandpaper and all my leg hair off like right okay. there. Okay, pippy long socks. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the warmth of a longer leg warmers. Sock. Uh, but uh, once again, real quick before we get David on, let me remind you: your feedback is critical tonight. We want to hear from you. Please hit us up on the IMs. If you're watching on social media, hit us up over there at Ike Live Show. We definitely want to put your comments through. Yes. Yeah, Brian. And if anybody's having trouble with the website tonight, Rich yeah. is giving us a little feedback saying the website's a little bit rough. Yeah. Uh, like Mike said, we're on Facebook and YouTube as well. Okay, that's like true. Channel, so. All right, well, I want to get this show started. Before we do, let me send a very uh, special thank you to our policemen, firemen, EMTs, doctors, Thank you guys for what you do. Also, our military men and women, active and veterans. Thank you guys. It's a crazy world. We really appreciate you. Uh, wanna get, I want to get right to it, Bri, if we can. Uh, without further ado, we have a very special guest on, the one and only David Dudley joining us here on Ike Live tonight. David, how you doing? I am excited, man. I'm doing good here in uh, Lake Eufaula, uh, getting ready to start for the Red Crest uh, here at, uh, in Alabama. Okay. I, first things first, let me tell you that I'm looking at you on screen here and you look good, dude. You, you look like, honestly, I'm looking at you. You, yeah. you, you look good. You, you look in shape. You look, yeah. you're glowing. I, I have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am. I have, I am weigh 175 pounds right now. And my waist side, like, 32 size pants. I just can't take myself down to 30 because I just think it's, but 32 size pants will fall off of me. Yeah. But, you know, you got a life threatening situation on hand. It, it's yeah. going to motivate you to get your, yourself in, in shape, you yeah. know, and, and yeah. I, you, you could in. tourniquet my left leg with that 32 waist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you, you look great. You look yeah. super. Uh, you look, you look awesome. And, in case there's some people watching the show tonight, I, I know the story, David, but I want you to I want you to tell it again. Um, it, it's it's pretty pretty amazing. It's a life changing thing. Um, you you found out you had COVID 
and then based on that, you found out you had diabetes. Tell, tell us about this and tell, tell, tell us how life-changing it was for you. So, yeah, so I went in for COVID and, and they pulled my blood and they, and, uh, so when I went in, they go, Hey, um, Mr. Dudley, you know, you're diabetic. I'm like, no. And they're like, uh-huh. yeah, you got a 12.1 A1C, which on a scale of one to 10, 10 is like you are in desperate trouble in Dang. the diabetic world. Yeah. I was a 12.1, which meant my kidneys were about to fail, permanent, going permanently blind, losing my legs, my Ooh. feet, my hands, wow. like losing my, and it was like, oh my gosh. So, yeah. Yes. I, I got motivated extremely quick. So I play about two hours of racquetball a day. I, I tell everybody I feel like a a freak, like everything I pick. I haven't had a piece of bread, a piece of grain of rice, or potatoes in 13 weeks now. So, like, I just – I'm kind of doing the keto thing with a little bit of my twist in it, and it's it's a life-changing thing. And what it, – it, here's the thing, like, you don't realize, like, I have kids, of course – what the wake up call i totally abused like my pancreas and and i I, and i put it like this it's like somebody an alcoholic drinking his liver down and when i say i was a sugar holic i'm talking consuming like it was nothing for me to eat two sleeves of oreos and i know we're all like oreos right but i would eat it never think nothing about it and then like later on drink drinks and and i i told my doctor i said i said dude i said i'm peeing all the time he has apologized a thousand times like david i'm sorry he goes you didn't fit the mold and you know of a diabetic right Right. i was still in good shape i i felt like i was you know i mean i wasn't bad and very active and so i'm urging people that are listening to the ico is that don't take your health for granted like yeah if you're peeing a lot or you're doing like there's things like i don't care how healthy you think they are and my pancreas just said ugly i've had enough i mean it's like a liver somebody drinking your liver down yeah i destroyed my pancreas my pancreas said David, I've had enough. I can't fight for you anymore, and I'm done. What's the pancreas do? What's its job? It's my fault. Hey, Dave, what's the pancreas even do? It processes the carbs and sugars. Okay. Keeps your blood sugar at a at a good level. And how heavy were you when you got? How heavy were you when you went in with COVID, Dave? Two hundred. So you're only down twenty five pounds. 25 pounds. Okay. That's what, that's what the doctor said. He said, he goes, I never thought that with you. Like, and what's happening is COVID is revealing a lot of diabetes now, just like with me. So they're saying it's a correlation, but I think it's more of people like me who are like, you know, I'm good. You know, don't really pay it. Don't get checked up. So they go in. They pull their blood and they're like, oh, you're a diabetic. You're a diabetic. You're a diabetic. You're a diabetic. So people are getting revealed 
their right. problems through COVID. And that's why I say COVID saved my life, man. COVID, it did. It yeah. saved my life. That's an interesting analogy because during this time when there's, you know, COVID's destroying the world, it's also saving people and save, it saved David for sure. It's interesting, too, because I don't know if there's a correlation yes. between diabetes and fishermen, but you're the third angler that I know that got diabetes sort of, Young, you know, younger in life. That road diet, man, maybe. I, I don't know. I think it's I, that road diet. Yeah, <laughs> and it might be a wake-up call. Do you think this is a wake-up call for a lot of fishermen, David? Because we all, we all, we're gypsies. We, we, we eat fast food. Yeah. We down five Gatorades, you know, yeah. all day. And, 18 and, inches of Oreos. Yeah, yeah. Tw <laughs> uh, you know, Twinkie. I mean, I'm the dude. Yeah. I, my, my, you know, my curse, and you, knew, you know this, David Brian Carpenter. My curse was a little, little Debbie honey buns. <laughs> Dude, I'm a I'm was a fiend for honey uh, buns. No, 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 no. Uh, hey, I Yeah, it's you there. Yeah, you still there, David? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, yeah. we lost you just for a second. We lost your feed. You're you're good. We got you uh, now. Okay. Yeah. No, I I said you were talking about little diabetes, the little Debbies. I call I nicknamed them little diabetes because they're not. <laughs> 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 so I used to joke about that. Darn if it didn't come back and. She was like, okay, you making fun of me, little Debbie, calling me little diabetes? Darn it. She put the curse on me, and I got it. Man. I used to eat them little diabetes or little Debbies. Like, I would eat the whole box in a day, like boxes of them. Yeah. Not just a sugar ball, you know? Yeah. Wow. Our, uh, our buddy Bob Soley, who's a plumber. Yeah. That's what he, that's what he, when he's, uh, you know, plumbing stuff. Yeah. With the snake. Yep. in there to get them little Debbies out of the way. Right, and little Debbies out of the yeah. out of the pipes. Well, I think it is a wake-up call. And they're not it, as tasty. Yeah, they're not as tasty. Uh, if you're watching, if you're a fisherman, a hardcore fisherman like we are, think about your health. You know, take it into account. If there's something off, I think it's it's a great uh, tip from from David. You know, if something's off, if something's not right, go go to the doctor, get checked out because uh, we don't we don't want that to happen. I I want to jump back to this rescheduling, um, and I know you guys were over. In Texas, original location was Lake Palestine. Dude, it got ridiculous in the state of Texas. We saw the pictures, snow, ice, uh, lakes were frozen. The guys decided to move you to Lake Eufaula. Talk a little bit about that. Are you happy with the change? Are you glad you guys are in Alabama? It, of course, you know, looking at, uh, I think it was uh, Lake Fork. I was seeing pictures of Lake Fork being frozen. Then I saw Lake Palestine yeah. being frozen. And of course, you know, I'm anywhere but there. It, it, and I, I, I tend to say when you're dealing with tournaments where two bites, three bites are going to, you know, do, do well. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to fish that place. I, it, it lends a little bit. Fishing is not luck because it's typically the same people will always come out on top. But when you're dealing with a fishery where you're just 
begging for a bite. Just give me a bite. Give me two bites. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Like, I don't. So I think we're at a lake where I think some some fish, the possibility of catching a lot of fish happens. So, yes, I am. I think I right call. And here's, here's one th- interesting thing they said, and I thought it was very interesting, is think about it this way. The people were without power, without water. Yeah. Um, they were living in gymnasiums. They all the hotels were booked. And here we are, fishermen coming into a town in a city where a crisis is going on. Right. And it just it's not right for us to yeah. just right. bolt into a city and say, we're mm-hmm. gonna have a turn. Good point. And I think that was yeah. a very smart thing. That's a good point. It was it needed it. Yep, it needed to be relocated, and I think they made the excellent call on that. Gave that community what would have been our hotels. Give them, you know, yeah. I say ours, but y'all know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I think it was a, a respectful move. I, I think that's the word. I'm very respectful for the situation that was going on. Fishing is not that important. Their lives, right. their you know, kids or family, that's more important than us going out there showcasing a bass tournament. Yeah. So I think it's a smart move. Lake Ufala accepted us, and that's where we're at now. It's a great point. I, did, I didn't yep. think about that. We no, actually, yeah, we talked about it early in the show, at the opening of the show, and uh, I, I was a little jaded the other way, but I'm glad you brought that up because that's true. Yeah. That's true. You know, there's a lot of – fishing's important. It's, it's a livelihood for these guys, but – but life is, a, is is way more important, and, and that's a life or death situation. You know what's crazy, man? Where, where this is all happening, it's lower and closer to the equator than the Bahamas are. It's crazy. Like Amistad? Yeah. Frozen? It's crazy. <laughs> like, I know. I, it's hard to fathom. Wow. It's it, wow. it and 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 there's yeah literally there's a there's a a, um, a Bigfoot sighting on on Instagram every day. <laughs> Crazy times. Man. It is crazy. Tell me, none of this is real. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think it's real. Uh, I, I want to know. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow is an official practice for you out on Lake Eufaula. Um, yeah. Are, are you going to practice this event any different than you normally practice? This is, you know, this is the championship classic event for MLF. This is a big deal. You know, it's a big, big deal. Are you going to practice any different, David, than you have for, let's say? FLW championships or Bassmaster classics, same mindset, different mindset. Yeah. It, so uh, with, with the uh, change has happened with moving away and so we only get one day of practice. So you, yeah. Coming into a uh, tournament where 300,000 is on the line. Yeah. I think, and we're in the, early spring you kind of know in the evening time or late afternoon is going to be when the fish are going to be biting typically anyways you know once that water gets up a little bit so i think tomorrow i'm going to try not to be rushed but i'm going to try to look at as much of the lake i can by 12 o'clock and then from well till whatever you know like uh, till we have to be off the water kind of try to pick an area and dissect it and see what I can do. But until then, so yes, I am approaching this a little bit different when you have two days or three days where you can kind of relax, you know, look at the map, figure out a little plan. But when you're only got one day of practice and yes, 
this one is going to be different than, than every championship I've ever fished in the past. One day of practice and we're starting the very next day, like not a day off, not a media day. Right. We're off the water by six o'clock and by six o'clock the next morning, we're launching ready to get the game on. So, wow. Wow. Pete, yeah. Pete Glusick, I want you to weigh in on that. We've, we've fished a lot of events with short practice periods, but that is, that's ridiculous, Pete. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, Lake Eufaula is not a puddle either. You know, you're talking about a lake that uh, stretches a lot of length from the dam all the way up the river. Uh, what, do you, do you, what do you think about David's uh, game plan, Pete? Well, I, I got I got a I did it one time, like the James River, uh, the one I think you won. I, I was able to practice for four hours uh, just due to situation. I couldn't get there. And I remember going through that practice period like, what in the world am I going to do with four hours? Right. You know, on a body of water that big. And, uh, you know, so let me ask you that, Dave. Like, you you said you're going to look around the lake until about noon. What what, do you, what are you going to be looking for in, in that first half of the day? What What's going to be you're, your goal? Yeah. So, naturally, you're going to be ex- – the lake right now is extra- – like what I saw from just riding down the road, it is – extremely muddy so i'm going to be riding from one end of the lake to the other trying to find some decent color water right i want something with a little bit decent color water but when you're when you when you know you're already going to be in a tournament where it's very few bites are going to be available you want to pick an area that you can spend eight hours in casting like you need to get in an area where it's more important about just figuring out the bass that live in that area. You, you better figure out how to catch them. And I think I just, I'm looking, my thought process is just looking for, for an area that I can spend a lot of time in casting. So that's what I'm, that's what I'm after. Yeah. <laughs> I personally, I personally don't like that, that not your strategy, but that, that uh, one day of practice. I, I think I like for guys, pros, to have a, a little better, uh, more time to be able to dissect it, man. I personally think I, I, yeah. I want that out of the, the tournament and out of the pros because I want to see them be at their Absolutely. best. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I, and, and the league does too. You know, they scheduled us for two days originally. And due to they have all the marshals, flights that they had to rearrange, they mm-hmm. had to rearrange booking for hotels, like it just was, they couldn't do it for the two days. So their their heart was for us. Their original plan was for us to have two days, but the epidemic yeah, that, that we're in limited us to one day of practice. So yeah, they they did a great job for what short time they had to make a you know audible. Yeah. And but yeah, I think I, I'll agree. Yes, for sure, two days is gonna make for a better show on any two days of practice you put you know some of the top anglers out there and you give them two days yeah they're gonna they're gonna figure something out to to have a good show with you know but yeah let me ask you this dave uh you spent a lot of years on flw and obviously crushed it over there uh this is your first year at mlf uh what what are your thoughts? I mean, what are the what are the things you like and don't like? What what's your experience over there at MLF? I, I've told people many many people this is that 
it's like playing the game of poker and playing the game of Texas Hold'em. Both games are incredible. So the five bass limit game, it's it's an awesome game. The MLF style, it's an awesome game. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I can't weigh in. Both Ooh. games have their strategy, right? The strategy mm-hmm. of every two pounder counts on the strategy of the biggest five bats. Both of them are great games. It's like the game of chess. Like it's just a it's it's just two different games. And you know, some, you know, of course, some people like to play poker and not Texas hold them, and some people like Texas, and some people who just love to play the game or cards, it don't matter to them, yeah. you know. So I I I will say it 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 lends a little bit more intensity on the MLF side just by knowing and hearing it doesn't bother me that much or really at all almost use it to your advantage and what I mean by that is that that you might be in an area that say Ike is in right me and him started in a creek I don't know so if I know Ike is in that creek and I've done fish for an hour and a half and haven't had a bite. He's had, you know, one bite in an hour and a half. That helps me make a decision on the area that I'm at. If I see the leaderboard like tick, 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 and me and Ike are still sitting down below the, you know, wait. So again, it's just a game. Like it's, you're using, you're using every clue to your advantage. So I, I, I like both styles. I got to fish the five bass again this past, you know, late spring, fish some, some of those tournaments that I could at Lake Erie. I, I love them. And I, it's just, I can't say one is better than the other. Both games are awesome. Yeah. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I, I'd agree with that yep. statement. I fished them both. And I think they're both, uh, they both have a place. Um, I know we've got questions piling up uh, Riz. I want to go to you and what do we got coming through the IMs uh, for David? Right. So, um, David, the eco bass angler on our message board, uh, wants to turn the hands of time back just a little bit with you. And, um, he wants to know, uh, one, how did you qualify for your first Bassmaster classic? And what was the feeling like to know that you were the youngest angler to do it at that point? Oh, good question. Um, I qualified through the, this was the very first year that the, what they were called the Bassmaster Invitationals. And so I, when I say everybody, I'm talking every legend from Roland Martin to, of course, Ken, it, it, all the le- – I everybody, like, we had to wait in line. Uh, my buddy drove to Birmingham, Alabama, bought a cot. He was the third one to walk in the door, spent the night on the sidewalk, enter me in he entered me and him into this Bassmaster Invitational so I think I finished third for Angler of the Year at 18 years old against all I mean everybody you can imagine fished this Invitational so after the four tournaments I was a third in Angler of the Year and I think I was I may have won I don't remember but anyways I was I think third for Angler of the Year which qualified me for the Bassmasters Classic and I fished, I remember strolling and I look at a 19 year old now and when that <laughs> see him roll through and I'm looking at a 19 year old and I'm like, dang, yeah. I was that young, you, know? <laughs> you know, 
I was I like, got... oh my gosh, 19 years old and went <laughs> to the classic. Yeah, they're babies. I mean, I pretty much had diapers on, you know. I and when we rolled through that Coliseum and I looked at the Pack Stadium and I'm just or the you know the Coliseum, I was just like, you you you've got to put yourself in the I you've been doing it for a long time since you were whatever diaper age too. But yeah. when you stroll through that college you're looking around you're like yeah this is what i want you know you can imagine <laughs> the teenage, you're like yeah this is it but i think you know you knew at a young age i knew at a young age we knew what we were meant to do yeah. i mean it just it it wasn't it, i told people it's like you know as a you know as a kid they're like hey you know what do you what do you want to be when you grow up it was like i'm gonna be a professional bass fisherman and they would you know Oh, okay, little boy. Okay, you know, like, good luck with that. You know, it's like little kids saying, "I want to be a professional football player." You know, of yeah. course, at a five-year-old, yeah. you're like, oh, "Okay, buddy." You know, good luck <laughs> with that. And but you know, I you you can I know you're hearing me because you know oh, it was yeah. like, "Oh what, yeah, what, what do you want to do?" And it was like, "No, I'm gonna be not. I hope to be no." Yeah, I'm gonna be a professional bass fisherman. Oh, you know, yeah. it was like, and you, you know, you just—it's that confidence. At I knew what I wanted to do. So yes, at 19, I was angle. I was uh, whatever it was, the first year of invitationals that came out, and I finished third for angle year at 18 years old. And then I just turned 19 when I went in, uh, or eight, whatever it was. And then I won my first. I won. Remember when it was called the BP Top 100? Oh I yeah. Remember year years ago which is kind of the same term as elite or top or whatever they call it i just and, i uh, just watched that david i just watched that win on the james river yeah, yeah. i had a real fall off my seat I, I look at look at myself back then i'm like oh my gosh you know i was a a teenager a teenager <laughs> yeah yeah so i remember uh I, that tournament was really cool and you 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 were so young and uh, who is it? Lynn Dollar. Who has all the Bassmasters? Yeah, it's Lynn Dollar on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I, I was Lynn over Dollar. on YouTube wa watching you win that tournament, and you were you were giving us all the dialogue on the brand new Zoom super super <laughs> You know, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Man. That dates that is... it right there. When the fluke yeah. was new, you know, that's yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> you know oh what I mean. God. That's a long time ago, but it's it's funny. I was laughing as you were saying that because it is such a parallel uh, to 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 my childhood, and you know, I would I would go as far to say even I got it even worse from people because I think you know you you were from Virginia, so you were right on that line of where it was acceptable to dream that you know. But the further you got north, you know, you got Maryland and Delaware, then Jersey. By the time you got to Jersey, people looked at you like you had five eyes if you said fishing, let alone I want to fish yeah. professionally. So I, I was laughing with you because I remember it. And we, I got it from middle school all the way through college, all the way, even as I was still attempting to do it. And I was a young, you know, a, teen, a, a, a late teen, early 20s. People still would give me a rap of shit. For having that dream. hey i think about this how how naive we were in in our thinking like first place back then was forty thousand, and if you got a check it was twelve hundred dollars <laughs> we were 
mind. Like you're telling people, oh, you can make a living at fishing. Uh, yeah. yeah. If I place tournament, I'm gonna get twelve hundred dollars, and my entry fee is eight hundred dollars, and I could bonus about a hundred dollars. Well, how are you gonna pay your bills, you little kid? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know, but I'm. Going- <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's a reality check. But yeah. I want to give I want to give everybody watching and listening another reality check right now from the great notes that Brian the Carpenter put together. Um, over four million in career earnings, four time, not one or two or three, four time FLW AOY champion, mm-hmm. seven FLW wins, two Bassmaster wins, fifty three top tens for crying out <laughs> loud. Listen to me. If you win this Red Crest, it's going to push it to $5 million. That's incredible. From a dream as a kid, people laughing at you, making fun of you, to this. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. Dude. You got you to feel proud about that. I, I wish I could pull my sleeves up now. No joke. Two goosebumps on bu- my arms are goosebumped up. I mean, that's that's real passion right there. Just listening yeah. to those stats. Yeah. Like, yeah, people <laughs> – people making fun of you as a kid, you know, of course my teachers and, you know, reading my Bassmaster magazines in between my history book and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We, you, I'm sure you got ragged as a kid. We, you know, it didn't matter because, you know, in life, if you, it's, if you want something bad, we live in the greatest country in the world. If you want something bad enough, it doesn't mean you're, you might not be at the top of your game or you might not be at the top of whatever you're trying to go to, but at least in this world, you're in this country, you're going to have it. You can present yourself an opportunity and it's how hard you want to work for, you know, how hard do you, and I think, you know, when we would go and I'm sure you did the same thing. Like when we went fishing in our Creek fishing for minnows, that wasn't playtime to me or you, that wasn't, that wasn't playtime of saying, yeah, I'm just going to go catch the mint. No, that was us studying yeah. the creek, us studying where the fish were at, us learning how to catch a minnow or a creek chub. That was us putting ourselves through college at six years old, seven years old. It yeah. was a, it was a, it was a, uh, so we wanted to do, and even though it, when we would ride our bicycles to the local pond and just fish our heart out and get chased off by the farmers and all the neighbors, and we'd sneak in there at night throwing buzz. Bait. I mean, all that was for a goal that we wanted to do. So we live yeah. in a great country, and yeah, I'm yeah, it was, it's nice to be where I'm at. I'm very blessed, no doubt. I'd agree with that. Uh, Riz, I know, you've, I know you're backed up. Give us a couple more. What do you got else? Uh, what else you got coming through the IMs? Yeah, David. Uh, Frank Polifrone, uh, Frankie Provolone wants to know, um, how are you going to manage this year uh, fishing on the MLF and also uh, with your role in the MPFL? Ooh. Frankie Sticky yeah, Cheese. We uh, – you know, crazy enough, I think there's only one conflict as of right now, right? There's only one conflict uh, with the tournament schedule, and we're and depending on how I do in the tournament, I could, you know, remotely be part of that show too. So uh, it really wasn't much of a, a a deal of handling it. It was just looking at the schedule and saying, could I fit this in? And and crazy enough, they they didn't conflict anything. So, but, but the one, so, uh, that's why I agreed to 
come on board. And, and I'm sure a lot of people, I'm a, I'm a live addict. I mean, I'm like a, a live addict. And I've said, watching live fishing on online, it's not the shows you watch on YouTube or the shows you watch on whatever network that they're on. All that is is ESPN Sports Center highlight films. You don't get to see the true story of Ike struggling like he did, you know, for a little bit. All of a sudden, Ike made one change and he got to catapult himself, you know, up to the top of the leaderboard. Well, you got to watch that. It's like watching the game of it doesn't matter football back. You get to watch them, you know, punt four times and not gain get 20 yards in any attempt and then the next thing you know they go down to the field and score a touchdown that's the only thing you see you didn't see them make the adjustments of went from a running game to a passing game to an audible game or and it's the same thing in fishing you get to watch the whole game so i'm a crack addict not that sounded bad I'm <laughs> but, you know I'm an addict, addict. Yeah. you know, it's like a drug to me is what I was trying yeah. to refer to. You know, it's a, it's a drug watching live because you get to watch the whole game and hopefully I'll be able to bring some light to uh, the viewers of NPFL, what's really going through their heads, you know, yeah. being able to talk, talk them through it. Yeah. Well, you I know, I, for Mike, can I, there was either you or Dudley had that quote, that you guys got a lot of heat for yeah. that bass fishing is more addictive than crack cocaine. Yeah. Which one of you guys said that? Uh -huh. who, who said that? I don't, I, I may have said it. I don't know. I, I might have, I don't know. I know David is compared to Senko to that of crack cocaine for a, for <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know, but I, I agree with everything you said about the live coverage. And I think, um, I think you're going to be like, when I look at your personality with the other guys that are, that are there, with Fat Cat, with Luke. I yeah. think you guys are – I cannot wait to watch it. I think Same you guys here. are going to have an awesome uh, program. The thing I was the most shocked about, and I just – this is Ike Live, so I'm being honest. The, the thing I was most shocked about wasn't that you were t in that role, but that MLF allowed you to take that role. Did they give you any uh, – were, were you held back at all by them or no? No, and, and I, I think uh, I read through our contracts, right? I called, uh, I actually called Kathy. I called uh, Boyd Duckett. Yeah. And I said, hey, look, I said, uh, you know, I got an opportunity for a job. This is, this yeah. is a job. We're mm -hmm. in the fishing industry. This yep. is just a job. And I said, hey, I got an opportunity to do this. I said, I will never talk, you know, uh, bad or, or do any comparisons of leagues, you know, yeah. like whatever, you know, yeah. like this league is, you know, I said, I'm only there to talk fishing. And they said, Dudley, we have no problem with that. No, wow. you know, yeah. you know, go ahead. There's, you know, so I think, you know, the main thing is they don't want, they don't want in, in, in PFs in the, NPFL's heart is the same way. They're they're just given an opportunity for people to fish, to learn about fishing. Yeah. It's a league started. It's given more people an opportunity to chase a dream and make some major money. And so they had no problem. I called, I took every appropriate step. And, yeah. and it's, you know, Good. I, I, 
I don't have anything negative to say about NMLF or Bassmasters or NPFL. We're all we're all in this together, man. Yeah. We're we're creating fishing people out of you know high school, college now, and yeah. it's awesome. The yeah. more people we get involved in the sport, I don't see how it's a a, a detriment. You know, yeah. let's just get people involved. That's awesome. I I'm telling you, that's the second th- thing I've heard about MLF tonight. That I'm like, ooh. Nice call, MLF. I usually don't say that. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised tonight at hearing some good things. Uh, I, this is like therapy for you, like ther- I know. It's like therapy for <laughs> Dave, me. Dave, thank you for tonight. doing yeah, this Yeah, thank Michael. you for being my therapist tonight. Um, <laughs> speaking of therapy, I, I want to bring this up, and this is, this is going to sound strange, but I want to explain myself. Um, on paper, David, you and I look extremely different on paper, you know, where where we grew up fishing, you know, maybe our personalities a little bit are different. We've got some differences, but we've got a lot of things in common too. And and I could run down a lot of them. You're you're huge into kids fishing. Um, you you know you started young. We talked about the comparisons of dreaming about the sport. We've got some great similarities there, but we've got one that's really similar. And I I want to flush this out with you is that. You have been one of the, if not the most, one of the most outspoken pros uh, out there. And you've been that way uh, from the beginning. I, I remember, you probably don't remember this, but I remember meeting you at a Thousand Islands Invitational. That's how long ago it was. Uh, <laughs> and w- I was at like a custard shack. And it was like the only place in Clayton that you could get a meal at night. And we both practiced dark to dark. And I remember meeting you there for the first time, like having a long conversation with you. And you were outspoken then. And you've been that way your whole career. And, you, you, you know, being outspoken is a good thing and it's a bad thing. You know, uh, I, I, I think it's good and we need it in our sport. But you get criticism for it. And I, I do too. Um, how, yeah. w- when, you, when you look at your career, you know, how is – has that been a good thing for you? Uh, do you? You know, has that been a good thing being outspoken uh, and speaking your yeah. mind? And because I'm the same way, you know. I I think, yeah, we both are. And I, I I'm there's times where I wish I would have bit my tongue a little bit more or been a little bit more careful in the way I've said things or my approach. But I've come to accept the fact you, you're going to have David Dudley fans and you're going to have David Dudley haters, right? Yeah. You're going to have Ike fans. You just, I, we can't please everybody. And what, remember, remember years ago when um, internet had just started coming out and I think it was Bass Fishing Homepage used to have this chat room. Remember that chat room? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in there. People, <laughs> this was years ago. Like, yeah. you know, and then people would go in and and somebody would say, Dudley, they're they're talking about you. So, you know, it, I said something back. Remember the I know y'all remember the Roland Martin where they thought I was trying to outfish everybody on the whole lake with sight fish, which is so stupid. Oh, yeah. So you I so, would go you, to these <laughs> chat rooms. Yep, yeah, I remember. And I would try to defend myself. Yeah. And then I remember my mom saying, David, she said, Look, she goes. You're wasting your time. Like, you cannot take this personal. You're an outspoken guy. Yeah. And like you said, and I said, we're going to offend people. We are. You. And yeah. here's how stupid this is. Yeah. We. You could say, or whatever, you 
catch a fish and you just, you know, ah, you know, you went Ike, right? The statement. How does that, people will hate you because you got passionate about a fish. How yeah. stupid is that, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and you're going to have David Dudley fans where I said, where I told Pete, uh, there, or Roland Martin, Pete Therabella or whatever, I said, y'all a bunch of babies. I said, go put some diapers on, you know? And then people got all upset at me. And so, so yes, basically telling you a long story, I've accepted the fact you're going to have David Dudley haters yeah. and you're going to have David Dudley fans, right? Yeah. I can't mm. please everybody. And yeah. I'm not, it, I got thick skin and people can run their mouth, do what they want. Yeah. And I think you got thick skin and, it's okay. I, you know, has there been times when I said some stuff? Yeah. Like I was, didn't approach it in the right way. Yeah. Uh, of course. You know, yeah. I wish I could retract, but for the most part, I think the approach that you have, the approach that I have, I think it's necessarily, you know, it's, it's tough conversations that you might talk about or I talk about, but it needs to be said. Yeah, like that's sure. how you grow. Yeah. You're going to well, grow that. Yeah. We, I, I appreciate it. Like, uh, you know, I think um, our sport in general is sort of always a little behind and backwards from mainstream the world. And to have people that are outspoken is, is good. It's good for the sport. We need it. Uh, I'm so glad you are the way you are. And I think a little of it comes, um, you know, not just from straight haters, but I think a little of it comes from jealousy too you know i think you know people see success they see your success david and i think they get jealous uh i know i've dealt with some of that early in my career uh i know you did as well i i can remember there were a few events you know where guys are trying to uh, i've been protested before i know you have you know like i i'm telling you a lot of that stemmed from jealousy you know and yeah I don't hate the leagues for it. I don't even hate the people that did it. But I'm telling you, that's uh, where it comes from. Maybe you know? a little bit. Maybe a couple of them. <laughs> but for the most part, I don't. You know. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I agree that you're going to, you know, whatever their motive is, it's like, it, it, you know, when you're when you are an outspoken guy, right, and you're, you're, you're putting yourself out there to, you know, people's – People's feelings are going to get hurt yeah. very easily, some way or another, you know. And if you don't have thick skin, it's it's typically not best to hang around me because I'm kind of a straight shooter, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's going to offend people in what we say and how we do it. But again, it goes back to the point. It's like having a tough conversation when, as a dad or a mom, yeah. like you know, you, you're you're sitting your child, your kid down, and be like, hey, we're going to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk or it and it's good to hear you know that that stuff in a way and i and i thought about this when you were talking a second ago mike is that i think the passion that comes through me and you is because me and you started about at the same time like so we we've seen the twelve hundred dollar checks We've seen the $1 million checks. We've seen the $500,000 checks. We've seen, we've seen the evolution of this sport come to, to play. And since we have seen the whole, not the whole history, but 
you know, the, yeah. the major growth of this sport, me and you, we don't, we're, we love it. We, we yeah. want to see this sport grow. Yeah. We want to see more anglers get, I don't want to see fighting. I don't want to see bickering. I don't want to see name calling. Just shut it up. Yeah. I want to see kids, more kids get involved and I want to see this sport grow. And I want more opportunities for kids to come away and say, I want four. Point two million. I'm at almost five million dollars. I'm at. I've done, you know, whatever it is. Like it's just, you know. But I think our passion when we get frustrated, like you, Mike, and we we get we may hear something, some bickering going on in the league of, you know, yeah, the league did this or the league did that. There's bickering, but when we have seen it from the beginning through now yeah and we've lived it our passion your passion my passion is going to be at a greater high because why because we've lived yeah we've been we've we've lived everything there we've kind of seen everything there is and nothing new under the sun to us right yeah. so we we don't want to see failure in any league i don't i don't want to see not that any league's going to fail but you know what i'm saying yeah. like just I want to see growth, man. Yeah. Growth is good. Yeah, growth, growth's key. Dave, I know you've got a question for David. I, I do, Dave. I want to go back to when you're 18, 19 years old. Now, your father, James, was a legend, uh, BFL, FLW guy, and uh, may he rest in peace. Um, I, I guess you were, more, like, even though you were 18 or 19 with the success you had, with having a stud for a dad like you did, do you think you were more like 30 when you were 19 in terms of knowledge and composure on the water? Uh my dad would answer this. He answered it better than I did, but my dad, I'm just paraphrasing basically what my dad said. In in any sport, like all of our, all of your kids are going to be different, right? Uh, I've been playing racquetball now for 20 years, right? 20 years of playing racquetball. I play about four times a week, two hours a day. And my son who is now in his seventh month of playing has already been beating me. He yeah. beat me for wow. the first time after four months. Wow. But the reason I'm saying that is this, my dad answered that question this way. He said, he said, I brought David to a level. And once he hit that level and I knew I, there was nothing more for me to teach. He said, David took it to a whole nother level that I can't even comprehend. And I, I look at my son in racquetball. I brought, I taught him what I thought I knew every, you know, the game of racquetball, but ultimately it's people grasping. Some people just, I'm not saying I got it. I'm not sitting here saying, you know, but yes, my dad got me started. I watched, I fished with him a lot, but ultimately I just got out of high school. It won't like I'm fishing with dad every weekend. I played every sport there was, yeah, but yeah. My, but ultimately, it it's some people got it, you know, and some yeah. people don't. And I, my dad said I got him here, but he took it. He he just he, you know, basically he surpassed me, and he's teaching me now, you know. Yeah. So I, yeah. one more question I about your that. dad. I met him about sixteen years ago. I had a conversation, a little small conversation. He wouldn't remember me, but I remembered him. Powerful guy. I guess I guess if you could pass on to people listening. Like, do you have? Did he give you any life hacks that you can pass on? What an example! What I mean by that is, 
a guy I worked with, dad, son of an immigrant Polish guy, said he will never eat at a restaurant until he goes and looks at the back steps and the trash area. If the back steps are clean, yeah. nothing, no goo on it, no, 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 no crates stacked on it, and the trash area is clean, it means the kitchen is clean, and he'll eat there. Wow. Now, I'm saying, is your, da- your dad, old school guy, do you have, does he have anything like that that he gave you? Wow. Oh. Dang. It's a good uh, one, Ross, by the way. That was yes. a good one. Yeah. 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 Got to pass down those recipes, man. I tried to. Man, you, you throw out a life hack like that. I, I don't know how I can follow that one up. Now now every restaurant I go eat at, I want to be doing <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I had to, I had to, yeah, I had to stop right, going to Chili's in Denver. Yeah, well, listen. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know if you should have just said that. You got to remember, he's in Eufaula, Alabama. Do you know the restaurants yeah. in Eufaula, Alabama? <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You're going to have a waitress back there booting up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 It's unbelievable. But it is true, you know, what you said about um, influence. Like, my uncle had an influence on me like that, for sure. And I think when you look at a lot of great uh, athletes, you know, in other sports, you see that same story where, you know, someone pushed them to a certain level, but they took it further themselves, you know. And I think you see that in a lot of – a lot of great athletes in whatever sport, you know? Yeah. So that's. No, I can't get enough of the life hacks, man. Brian's brother used to drop a couple back when we were kids, man. Oh, yeah. The old geezer, man. Bill, Bill's we, had an, we had an old timer used to work for us, and we got a ton of them from old, old Mark. Life hacks are great. Yeah. You never want to be the. Be the guinea pig. You don't want to be that guy that put in the first generation Trex deck or or, <laughs> or, or, or uh, Pergo floor. It's all trash now. Pergo. Wait, give that stuff about ten years and that'll be uh, right. There you have it. Let me remind you: if you're watching over on Facebook, like, share the feed, and a cha- uh, contest to win the Ike Live gift bag. Also, we want to hear from you if you've got a question or comment for David or anything you're hearing on tonight's show. Please hit us up on our IM. Also, you could hit us up on our social media feed at Ike Live Show, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Rizzo, what do you got? I know you're stacked up. Brian DeCarpio, you got a couple, too. What do you guys got? Yeah, I got uh, Daniel Rodriguez on Facebook. David, and this goes back a bit when we were talking about your four, almost $5 million. David, what have you done with all the money? <laughs> Daniel Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, of course, winning, it, it, it takes a lot to participate in the sport. So, yes, number-wise, and I think it, uh, most professional fishermen will number wise, it looks great on paper, but you know, when you're paying $5,000 entry fees and on average $2,000 to go participate each week and motel. So you're only bonusing maybe three grand a week. If you, if you get a check. So uh, numbers on paper look good. Just being honest. It's, it's not, that's, my pockets didn't really go that deep with those tournament winnings. So, uh, I, but what I have invested in is, uh, real estate. I got a lot of real estate. I got, uh, 16 rental properties. So I actually, yeah, we're big into Airbnb. Uh, and, uh, so I got six billboards now. So, I, I, I like uh, mailbox money. You know, I like walking to the mailbox. I want my money working for me. I don't want to be working for my money. <laughs> so I've done some investment in real estate and rentals, basically. That's, uh, that's, that's a awesome. good place to. to that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's put great. Your, put your money. Yeah. Brian, what else you got? 
Uh, let's see. Uh, Scott Easel, or Easel. Sorry, Scott. On on YouTube. Uh, Scott Easel, YouTube. What do you got? Oh, Dave, me. with the new diet, what, what are your favorite on-the-water snacks? Ooh, that's a good one. Actually, the, uh, my favorite, and I would tell anybody this, is that <clears> – <throat> Those protein shakes that are, it's premier protein, it's 160 calories, and it's only two carbs and one sugar. And basically, what I've told people, it's like putting, when you get low on gas in your truck or whatever, you get low on gas, you just, what do you do? You just put fuel in. Calories are nothing but fuel, right? So when you're feeling hungry, all you're going to do is put gas, quote unquote gas. So these protein shakes that you can buy, they're called Premier Protein. You can get them at Walmart or Sam's Club, buy them by the cases. They average out at like $1.50 a piece. So think about it. If you went to Chick-fil-A, it's a $9.50 number one meal, right? So if you drink two of them, you just had lunch for $3. But money's not the issue. Basically, those protein drinks are what I use on the go. I put them in my work truck, my traveling truck, my boat. Everywhere I'm going to be, they're at my fingertips, and it's just a, uh, it's just fuel. And I look at protein shakes as fuel. So besides that, I do eat a lot of meats and and salads, and I'm kind of a, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, weird. I, I kind of eat like, I don't even know how to say it, but I'm kind <laughs> of a, I'm kind of a gay eater, you know. Now I'm, I don't eat any you know, sugars or carbs or any of that. I'm on the keto thing. So protein shakes, I would encourage everybody. They don't sponsor me or nothing, but it's just, it sure does help putting, getting calories in your body so you can make it to supper or you can just all day. There's been countless days where I just drank protein shakes and got 1500 calories of shakes and I'm fine. You don't need all that carbs and sugars and fats anyways. So yes, Protein shakes, big fan of. There you go, uh, Rizzo. I know you're backed up too. Give us, uh, give us yep. a couple good ones. What do you got? So, uh, so David, the Buck Stronghold gentleman Bronco wants to know, <laughs> in your opinion, who has a better beard, Luke Duncan or Paul Benson? Ooh. Dang, I'm gonna have to go with uh, Luke. Yeah, Luke's I, pretty I, strong. I looked at him. I looked at him hard the other day. <laughs> and, and, uh, Paul had a few crumbs in his and a little <laughs> bit and 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 Luke had a lot more gray in his beard. So I, I take gray as wisdom. So I'm gonna have to go with Luke and and count Paul out on this one. I, I'm just I, Paul, I love you, but I, I'm those, <laughs> that was those a Cheetos those Cheetos <laughs> that were stuck in your beard, I I am I'm gonna have to go with Luke. <laughs> and uh the the big boy wants to know, David. When you're not tournament fishing, how often are you fishing? Or like, are you fishing every day? Is it twice a day? How how often do you get out? The last cast I made was at Lake Erie. So I was cutting my smallmouth baits off in February. Wow, that's wow. great. Yeah. Wow. That's. That's a while. Yeah. I a don't bask it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a while bask. ago. That that actually leads into I'm I was checking Facebook and Instagram uh, while you were answering that, and I've got one from each I want to hit, and uh, this this goes into this same topic. 
And this one's from Instagram from Ed Sakula. And Ed wants to know, he's heard Jacob Prosnick say that you're a better saltwater fisherman than you are a freshwater fisherman. Uh, Ed wants to know, is that true? I love my saltwater fishing. I, I, I know I've seen a lot of your, your posts now with stripers, you know, and a lot of your saltwater stuff from this year. I love saltwater fishing. That is my passion. Yeah. Like, I love having – I'm not prejudiced. And when you're a non-prejudiced fisherman and you're out in the saltwater, it is, it is it's game on. So I don't know if I could say I'm a better fisherman, but I, I can answer it this way. I enjoy saltwater fishing more than I do bass fishing. Wow. Bass fishing frustrates the snot out of me. It's like <laughs> I just – I love the game of chess, but I hate that game. I hate it with a I mean, it just makes me so frustrating and mad, but I just bass fishing and you know it. I, I mean, it just, it, it takes us. It's like we're bipolar, you know, it's like we're, it's like we're bipolar at the end of the week. We go from these roller coaster of emotions to highs and lows and no saltwater is just like, yeah, let's go out and catch 100 speckled trout. Let's go out and catch 200 stripers. They're yeah. schooling out there underneath the seagulls. Let's go drift the eel around and catch, you know, some giant stripers. Let's go yeah. amberjack fishing. Let's go flounder fishing, which I love to do. You know, it's just – anyway, so my passion is saltwater, but, you know, bass fishing, of course, is competitive, but darn if it don't frustrate yeah. the snot out. I'd agree. I'd agree with that. I'd like anything that pulls back. But an interesting fact is that you'll hardly ever meet a saltwater guy that became a bass fisherman. But you meet a lot of saltwater guys that became saltwater anglers. They used to bass fish, and they never look back. Dude, I cannot tell you how many saltwater guys I've met that were like, yeah, I used to bass fish, and then I saltwater fish, and I don't bass fish anymore. And I'm like, I get it. I, to- I can Dude, totally get Dude, if I lived it. in Florida, between the snook and the tarpon. That's what I mean. <laughs> dude, would you ever bass fish I don't. Again? I probably would. You might sprinkle a Just out of convenience, yeah. but, dude, come it's on. It's crazy. I know. That's, and, a, that's an awesome analogy. I'm, I'm just shaking my head, agreeing with you. Hunt. I, I'm trying to think, have I ever heard something? Nope. I've never heard that before. It's always that way. Yeah, that's that's right. an awesome thought, man. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so true. Uh, and then uh, over on uh, Facebook, this is not really a question. It's just a comment. And this one's from Steve Pellegrino. And Steve says, uh, David, you're the only person that oh, has an open mouth in your photos more than Mike. So I guess you open your mouth a lot in pictures of. Ah, no, no. Uh-uh. The king, of, the king of the mouth opening is Scott Martin. Scott Martin. <laughs> single, no doubt. Scott Martin, I don't know how, you know, millions of insects ain't flying in that mouth (laughs) (laughs) man i know i know me and ike do it a little bit but i don't know if you went back and i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and look at my instagram to see if uh if i have my mouth open a lot but i I didn't think i did uh i had a note here and i want to bring this up because i think this is an interesting topic for a lot of people watching and listening uh, I have a note from Brian DeCarpenter that coon hunting uh, is, is like it's – you love it. It's on the top of your list yeah. of things to do. 
Talk a little bit about that because uh, in this part of the in this part of the world we don't do it, but I want to I want to he- hear your thoughts on it. It's, it sounds interesting. It, it is. Kunun is is something that I've done since before I could drive. Uh, my mom and dad used to drop me off at this older guy's house, and <laughs> he would just. We actually used lanterns back then, not lights, <laughs> lanterns. Oh <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we would walk around with our lanterns and with the dogs and they would go around and find the coons for us and put them up the tree. But coon to me, you talk about me, you know, when I walk away from fishing after a season, it's kind of done. You know, everybody's yeah. got their different opinions. You know, some people fish all the time. I was actually talking to Todd Faircloth about that tonight, but coon hunting is my deep breath, right? It's yeah. my, yeah. And it's just exercise, like really, it's just decompressing to me. You go out and you go out with friends and you just walk around and you talk about life. It's a decompression to me. And it's a a fun sport. It's a fun uh, experience in hunting. So, yes, coon hunting has been a huge part of my life for the longest time. So. It's just a deep breath for me. Hey, Dave, you got to forgive me because where you're at, I know everyone knows, but I don't know. Like, what do you do with the raccoon after you kill it? I, you know, the hide market is not as good as it's been in the last five years. Uh, Skin them out. You can sell them, you know, of course, sell them to the fur market. Uh, We've actually eaten, you know, a few of the coons. The first first time we did it, remember that um, show that was called Day or uh day or something or uh fear factor remember yeah. fear factor oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. we'd skin a coon out and we had a coon that we skinned completely out looked like a naked of course like a naked giant rat right even <laughs> skin his tail out so we we went uh did something that day the very next day i had a bunch of college kids over at the house and said y'all want to do some fear factor like yeah so we grabbed the coon and we had a bonfire going i said all right I said, whoever eats the most of this coon wins. So we go and throw the thing directly in the fire. And I'll never forget watching watching the intestines boiling inside of him. And where we shot him, you could see the liquids oozing out of the, 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 the hole in his stomach. Well, so we threw it on the table, black charred as you can get. And we started cutting in on this thing. And even some of my kids ate it. I don't care. My kids are awesome eaters. So we started cutting. So it came down to me and this dude. And we were just mauling on this coon. And then all of a sudden, we didn't have any more muscle left on this coon. We sliced, I sliced open his guts, right? And there's the intestines, the heart, the liver, the everything. And I go, all right, buddy. I said, we ain't got nothing left. I said, let's go. He reaches down and cuts off a big chunk, like a 50-cent piece part of the liver, and he goes, he threw it in his mouth and swallowed it. I said, you win. I lose. (laughs) (laughs) I won't even about to go there. I was just going to see if he did it. But I didn't mind eating the coon. You know, I mean, it was just muscle, you know, like a dark muscle. It it really had so much burnt taste to it. I I couldn't taste it, but... He uh, when he sliced a piece of that liver off and threw it in his mouth, I was like, 
Yep, you win, buddy. I ain't even telling that. Now, are you glad that no one could have like recorded your Serbian picnic, or like, do you like, do you wish you had yeah, video been, footage of it? Man? That would have been good. That would have went viral. Oh yeah, I, that's that's like moments in life you have with friends and family. I mean, really, there's nothing wrong with eating coon. I mean, I don't know why it's such a negative thing. It's not a normal thing that you eat, but it's meat. You know, third yeah. world countries and they would never snub their nose at a at a coon, you know? Especially and the organ so, meat, the heart and the liver. That's where all the vitamins are. I actually it's because of Steve Ranelli, the meat eater, yeah. I kept seeing them rave about eating hearts. So this year I killed a deer one time, one day, and I took the heart out and I put it on Instagram. I ate I just whoosh, Ate the raw heart, just deer heart, and it was awesome. God like, damn, dude. like sushi style. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Yeah, what absolutely is, is there can you give us a taste comparison? Is there something yeah, that I thought it was gonna have a high iron taste, and it really wasn't. There's so much filtration through the heart that after the kill, it was like I'm not gonna um it was very smooth. So huh. because the heart filters huh. so much blood, it was like eating silk. It wasn't grained muscle. Okay. It was like that eating a hard piece of silk or not a hard, but a firm piece of silk. It was a silky muscle, not a grained muscle. So it really, I mean, I, I'll never throw another heart away again because of meat eater, Steve Ranelli. So yes, heart is going to be, plucked out i wish i never would have thrown away the hearts the rest wow. of, for those of you that don't know who he's talking about with steve rennell you gotta go to youtube youtube steve rennell yeah, grizzly attack story oh my god him and his buddies camp dave you know the story i'm talking about him and oh, his buddies yeah. camp <laughs> one of them took oh, a ride on the back of a grizzly <laughs> yeah. one of oh, the yeah. most rad guy stories ever dude oh my god yeah yeah, he's an great, awesome dude. Great channel. Yeah. I tell you what, just after those last two stories, my appreciation for you, David, has gone up like five notches. I'm just telling you. <laughs> I thought you were hardcore yeah. before, but I'm yeah. uh, I'm on a whole next no, next he's level. Just, he's eating now. raw heart, yeah. dude. That's hard. I know. Part. I feel like a puss. That's yeah. Hard part. Uh, I know. I think when I eat a raw clam, I'm like a man in the woods. I know. Yeah, yeah. 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 We. we <laughs> I feel I'm like a man a, of the forest. Yeah. I feel like I totally wasted my day. I didn't. Yeah. I know. Didn't you didn't kill good. a deer around. He did beaten heart. Nothing. No. It's gross. You had Wendy's. It's fucking gross. Mm. Bro. I didn't have Wendy's, but uh, I I want to. I know uh, we're we're not going to keep you all night. You've got a big day ahead of you. But yeah. I I do want to. I want to sort of end this by talking about what's next because you know we talked to a lot of guys on the show and the what next is pretty. It's pretty easy to see, right? You know, a guy says. The next for me is I want to win this tournament, or the next for me is I'm going to retire. The next, but you've got this track record where you've kind of done everything in the sport. You've accomplished a lot of what people aspire to accomplish in their career. So you know, I'm I'm looking at uh, your your announcing gig. I'm looking at some of these other things. I'm looking at your YouTube. You know, you're really pushing into this world. But what what's next, Dave? What do you what do you got What do you got coming? Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, I think if you are a competitive guy, whatever is in front of you is what the next thing is going to be. Yeah. But I think if I was to put a, a finger on what I think would the next goal, I, I've done, 
you know, I've won the FLW championships. I've won Angler of the Years. I've won Bass Master Tournaments. I've won FLW tournaments. I've won Ultimate Match Fishing. Uh, I've done some live commentary. You know, truly, I think I want some titles in this league. You know, I want yeah. titles in the Major League Fishing League. You know, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, it, it gives me something to strive for. You know, yeah. it's like, it, so I'm, I'm going to say right now, the present of where I'm at, just like, I think if you're competitive enough, whatever, whatever at the moment, and you're always about fish the moment, you know, yeah. I think whatever is in front of you at the moment, that's what I inspire to accomplish. And, and angler of the year comes that way too. people. I don't, we don't, we don't, I don't enter the season. Like I got four angler of the year titles, but I don't enter my season going, you know, what's your goal? I'm going to win angle of the year. You know, I mean, everybody wants to win angle of the year, but that's not my focus. Right. My focus is not angler of the year. My focus is really not about winning that tournament at that moment. At that moment, day one, like when we start it tomorrow, I want to be the best there can be in that day, right? right? Angler of the year is going to fall in your lap, right? And when I say fall in your lap, if you focus day, every day in, in, in the course of the season yeah. and you like narrow that focus to a, a streamline. And, and this is a cool, interesting thing, like uh, a dove's eye, right? Um, a dove's eye can only focus on one thing at a time. And there was this song that this girl wrote. And actually she was, she was a Christian writer and she was, she was praying. She was like, give me dove's eyes. And I was like, what the heck? What's, why would you ask for dove's eyes? So I got to reading about it and a dove's eye can only focus on one thing at a time. And what she was saying was she wanted to focus on God and only God. It's poetic. And that's what she wanted her eyes. But I correlate that even into fishing, that if you focus your attention Minute by minute, second by second, hour by fish in the moment. Like yeah. you're so big about. If you focus on that, angler of the year is going to fall in your lap. You know, yeah. the tournament win is going to fall into your lap. So, I, 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 of course, I would love to. You know, what do I kind of want? I want some titles over here. You know, I, I've got titles in both. You know, kind of both leagues, and I wouldn't mind some titles over here. But you know. I think my heart is as well as I, you know, ultimately we want to see this sport grow. We want to see this sport go yeah. to higher levels. You know, we want to see as many kids get jacked up about going catching Creek chubs in the bottom of a Creek, you know, in somebody's backyard. Or yeah. something. You know, I, I want to see that passion going for the kids. I want to see more kids with the lanterns at nighttime killing raccoons me too hey kids kids <laughs> hey kids kids in the outdoors with uncle eddie at the end of the block whatever <laughs> yeah. his name was. kids in the outdoors are a good tell thing you one more funny story here's a funny story talking about lanterns so these red suckers and white suckers as kids well they still do it they run up the they come out of the major rivers and run up these little tiny creeks to go spawn like salmon you've probably done it or you know about it i so these 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 uh suckers come up so we used to carry lanterns in the in and we would take frog gigs and we would wade in these creeks and gig these suckers and in these 
folks would make fish cakes out of. So I was walking up the creek and I'm like, I got my eye centered on one of them. And he's going up the creek. Well, he does a U-turn. And I got my frog gig ready, buddy. I'm going to spear him right in the skull. He starts coming down the creek. He starts coming down the creek. And I kind of got my legs wide open, you know. And I'm holding the lantern in my left hand and spear in the right hand. And just as he got ready to go between my legs, he did that little quick little, you know, like quick movement. So I didn't judge it right. So I kind of went backwards to try to get him between my legs. Well, the current pulled my frog gig faster. And when I jammed down, uh, I went straight into the top of my foot and oh, not the bottom of my foot. Oh, oh, Hold on, yeah. Dave, it went through? Yes. Oh, so, my God. Uh, it went between the webbing of my big toe, and, you know, like that little webbing area. Yeah. yeah. So, my waders are filling up with water, right? Oh, and God. I'm freaking out. Like, I'm like. I, my best friend's name is Pee-wee. I said, Pee-wee. I said, I done gigged my foot. He's like, what? I said, I gigged my foot. And my spear is sitting there in my foot. And all of a sudden, I hit the panic button. And I jerked the frog gig out. And you know, it's got like huge barbs on it. Oh my so I get up there and we pull my waders off. And when we pull my waders off, I looked down. That night when I got home, I could take a Q-tip from the top of my foot down through the bottom of my foot. Dang. And I was oh. playing baseball at the time. And um, when I was playing, and I, I was so embarrassed to tell, and I was a starting center fielder. I was so embarrassed to tell my coach what I did. I told him I sprained my ankle. And I yeah. didn't tell people that I gigged my foot because that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I had to sit out for a couple games. Uh, you would never yeah. live that down, Dave, if you admitted to spearing <laughs> yourself. <laughs> That's hey. it. Yeah. And oh, man. I got that spear. Pee-wee, he actually <laughs> had that spear. And he goes, he goes, Dudley. He goes, you remember us going gigging? Of course. He goes, here's that spear. I, I jerked it out of his hand. It's now in my trophy room. Wow. In my house. Yes, I, memorabilia. Spear to this day. Yeah. Wow. When, I respect that. Dude, it's crazy. When you tell a story like that, yes. if if you're if you're an out, you know, if if you've experienced the outdoors, dude, I was living it. Like as you were yeah. describing oh, yeah. that, yeah. I felt the pain as you were kicking <laughs> your own foot. And I was like, oh, I just started shrilling. It's like seeing, uh. you ever go through Instagram or social media and you see a picture of a treble hook in somebody's finger? Oh, yeah. You yeah. feel the pain yeah. every mm. time you see the picture. I just felt that gig go through my I'm gonna foot. I'm going to tell you what I was thinking. <laughs> I wish Dave was living up here and he was a part of our inner circle. So as when he called me, the ringtone would be, Pee-wee, I done gig my foot. Like, <laughs> I, that'd be the ringer. Like, that'd be his voice. I'd take it right off this, dude. <laughs> the awesome ringtone. We got it now. <laughs> we got it now. Uh, man, I, I got to tell you, so many pieces of amazing information tonight. The stories were so good. The piece about um, Dove's Eye, about one day at a time, dude, I think yeah. that's why you won four AOYs. And I think that's why you're probably going to win another one. You know, that, that focus, Pete. Is you know, there's a lot of great anglers out there, but there's not a lot that have that kind of focus to take a day at a time, you know. And uh, hats off to you for that. Uh, real quick, I just have one other question. You've accomplished so much. I know MLF titles are something in your future. Is a bass B A S S A O Y and B A S S Classic something you might venture back to bass eventually and try to conquer those as well? Just got goosebumps on my arms. Does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. I like it. yeah, of course. I mean, you know, having 
I mean, I think I don't know if there's an angler out there that has accomplished. So let's think about this. Of course, you're a classic winner. It has there been a here's a question. Has there been a a fisherman who has won a whatever an elite style tournament of Bassmaster, you know, the top level. Yeah. Um, and one and has an AOI title and has a classic title now who also has an AOI title on FLW, FLW win and FLW championship. That is the ultimate grand slam. Will yeah. we see that in our sport? I'm going to throw that yeah. at you. Will we see, or it might be, but will we see somebody who has a grand slam? Mm. The only person I'm thinking maybe is Davey Height. Maybe yeah, does he know. have an AOI title? I don't know, Pete. Are you? Are he you does on? have. Can you Height's be a quick... one two two AOIs at Bassmaster? Yeah. What about on uh, FLW? I'm not. I'm not sure. What about Fritz? What about he comes Hackney? To mind. I know Hackney's Fritz is got one. F- Hackney's got an FLW championship. Hackney's got right. a AOI, doesn't he? FLW or no? Or no, just the championship. Oh, that's a yeah. great question. That might be Ken well, Duke. Ken Duke trivia. Yeah, that's, that's a Ken Duke question. Yeah. Hackney sure. had a pot of skunk apes scoping him too. <laughs> oh, I saw picture? that. Oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. <laughs> Kumar doubled down. He just posted another one about a half hour ago. Did he? See what I opened the door to? Now He's they now they can do it without shame. I know. I know. That's all right. <laughs> shame anybody that believes in Bigfoot. We're gonna shame. Them. No. Oh no, we believe it too. Uh, <laughs> He's just saying words. Which two anglers have the most FLW Cup appearances? Well, I would say David Dudley and Scott Martin. Duds, who you got? Uh, me and and Andy Morgan. That's correct. Wow, that's twenty-one. That's a lot. Most a lot. ever. Most ever in the history of the world. Uh, David, before we let you go, do me a favor. Give me a plug. There's people watching. If somebody's under a rock, they haven't already been following you. Uh, how can they follow you on social media and YouTube? What, what can they go to? All right. So if you YouTube, I'm David Dudley Outdoors. Um, and Instagram, David Dudley Fish. And on Facebook, David Dudley. So that's me on the social media world. There you have it. Well, right, do, uh, right, yeah, right. Brian, what do you got? I got a couple more, dude. Oh, hit me. What do you yeah, got? Ken, Ken Duke had sent me some stuff earlier oh. when we were in scramble mode. I'm oh, just, okay. Just getting to getting to it now. Who is the most cumulative weight in Forest Wood Cup history? Cumulative weight yes. in, in, in cup history? Yeah, 469 oh. pounds Oof. plus. Uh, Go ahead, Dave. Dave Dudley or Andy Morgan? I'm, I mean, I'm. I'm gonna. Ha- I would have to guess me or Andy, but I, you know, if we went to a lake where, I don't, I don't know. I've been to, so I don't know. It's you, Doug. I'm gonna say me. Yep. How about that? Wow. Yeah, yeah and thrift is second, just three pounds back. Ah. Uh, Although wow. he's okay. fished it eight less times. Wow. Well, what's sad? Keeps coming. Yeah. What's sad <laughs> is I'll be the top of that stat the rest of my life. Forever. Yep. Forever. That's right. Right. If you think about it, right, me and Andy will have that title the rest of our life. Weighed in the most fish in Forestwood Cup history? Yeah, because there's no more Forestwood Cups That's anymore. Right. Youngest angler to ever win a BASS tournament. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah we got that one. 
James Earl. And uh, there you go. There you go. Ken Duke, thank you for all those yeah. uh, historical pieces of tidbits. They were great. Skunk apes. Skunk apes. Uh, mm -hmm. David, I, thank you for coming on the show, dude. I had so we had so much fun catching up yeah. with you and um, wishing you a lot of luck this week, man. One day of practice is rough, but you're the kind of you're kind of angler that can do it. Wish you a lot of luck in this tournament oh, yeah. and the whole season. We're going to be following you and watching you. Wish you a lot of luck. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, and and uh, hopefully we'll get together again soon. Yes, sir. There you have it. David Dudley, everybody, on Ike Live. Eyes like a dove. Dude, that was awesome. Yeah, or Vlad the Impaler. <laughs> Dude, I, I that, that was great, man. Pete, you got to admit, Pete, that was the analogy of taking one day at a time is something that mm. is such an important thing, and and we hardly yep. ever talk about it like that. Yep, and you found folks. He's very cerebral and uh, just super smart about the way that he thinks about things. He he, he always was in yeah. his assessment of his fishing, and uh, you know you could see it. I, I can't tell what I'm more, you know, freaked out about, though, was him, you know, cooking a raccoon and watching the stuff boil out through the hole. That best story we've in, ever in had. The that's, that's probably Ooh, one of the better ones. Probably the best yeah. story. Doug's or, still here listening, by the way. Or, oh, okay. or, 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 or I can't imagine. I mean, I've seen those frog gigs before. The barbs on them are huge. Yeah. I cannot imagine ripping that out of your own foot. No. That is a man, man. Yeah, Pete, by right the way, there. somebody suggested you do that. You you eat the guts of that squirrel that's been uh, tearing up your boat. Since. That's right. You having a yes. squirrel issue still, aren't you, Pete? Yeah, you, you know, I really, I'm, I'm grossed out by all the talk here, but I, you know, the hostility I have for that squirrel, I'm in. <laughs> Dave, <laughs> you got to eat his heart, dude. <laughs> Dave, Pete's, Pete's been getting his ass beat by a squirrel. He's getting into my boat. He's biting and ripping and tearing at <laughs> my brand new sheets. Monty has put a squirrel trap underneath the, the, the cover. Well, I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to be a little bit more harsh than that. Well, no, then then, <laughs> no. then you fill a trash can full of no. water and you throw the whole cage <laughs> no. in the trash can. It has nothing to do with my seats, honestly. He's, just, <laughs> he's grabbing he's grabbing stuff, and then he, he decides he wants to eat in my boat. He goes under the cover there and eats and... <laughs> It's probably Riz after all night drinking. <laughs> going, to the, going home to the wrong house. That's what I would he's, do. he's grabbing stuff. He's stripping his fucking teeth at me. Uh, he's snapping uh, at me. Uh, that was great. Man, but you know what? what? Great, I, I, that was a great I think interview, of, man. Yeah, dude. I think, about, I think about that comment, and I remember it now. It was David. Because he, he was saying, like, bass fishing is more addictive than crack cocaine. And he was saying it in the manner that he loved fishing. Yeah. And it got construed completely yeah. sideways yeah. on him. And it took a negative heat in the media. But yeah. that was, uh, whatever. you know, yeah, whatever. that was that was him way back when. Yeah. Hey, yeah. when he brought up the bass fishing homepage, my call sign was Big Head Fast Boat. <laughs> 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 it was, dude. It was Big Head Fast Boat. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did you get in on that? Yeah, I was, I was, I was deep in it. It's awesome. Did you ever, did you ever brawl with anybody? Russell I don't think so, man. Um, no, I don't, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. I got, yeah. I used to do that in the law enforcement forums. I got thrown out of most of them. <laughs> <laughs> did you really? Like, I got banned, and my, like they ban you, and then yeah, I just go get yeah. a different email and get a new account. And get Jeez, it's awesome. awesome. That's awesome. 
Well, that was uh, an amazing segment with uh, David Dudley. Brian, I know you got to agree. Oh, it is. It's a really, really good one. I got, I got times written down. Um, oh, dude. For clips to pull. Oh, we, definitely some some classics we right have, there. We have Crack Addict uh, yeah. at the 111 <laughs> mark. <laughs> Gay Eater at 130. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coon Hunting at 138. Yeah. Dove's yeah. Eyes at 147. And Pee Wee. I, I done gigged my foot. Yeah. We could actually pull that and use that as a ringtone. He was like, ah, Pee Wee. Yeah, which would be great. Uh, <laughs> I love that story. Dude, what, Dudley was the best. Uh, he was the best. What a great interview. Uh, listen to me. Uh, hang in there because we're Brian DeCarpenter. We're going to come back for one more segment. Let's go. And when we do that, we're going to open a mystery tackle box. We're going to announce the winner of the like and share contest. And we might actually let somebody in or maybe let a uh, let – let a random sure. person in. Yeah. So keep watching. You, we might let you in the chat with us. So, yeah, Rich, uh, throw the uh, Zoom link up. Yeah, throw the Zoom link up, Rich. And uh, in this third segment, we might let a couple people in, hang out with us, have a beer. And I hope you're having a great Saturday night. Hang in there with us. One more segment of Ike Live. Four and a half inch drop shot worm. Bama bug. Finesse jig, PB&J. Give me something hard. Hey, KVD here. I didn't always know this much about fishing. Three-aught, no, four-aught EWG worm hook. In fact, there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between a jerkbait and a stickbait. But then I signed up for Mystery Tackle Box, the original monthly tackle subscription. And now I know more about fishing than I do about Calculus. And he knows a lot about Calculus. Plus, I get amazing extras like free fishing magazines. October 2016. Featured article, four places to throw a frog. Exclusive decals, <coughs> zombie bass. And how-to videos for all the great baits I receive. How to tune a crankbait. Is that underwater footage I smell? I got goosebumps. So if you're looking to develop enhanced fishing abilities like me, or you just like getting new tackle every month, go to mysterytacklebox.com and get your box today. Live minnows. Is it lunchtime already? Nature's candy. Oh. Is he in my pocket? This time of year, I definitely recommend putting a little bit of this on your soft plastics, too. There he is. Another one. Next cast. And that would be number six. I'm addicted. I'll admit it. I'm, I'm straight addicted. This might be bigger. You think so? mayhem on your crappy jig and look where the stripers get it you can't even see it man that might be a keeper this is your tackle not that kind of tackle you use it to catch this or this or this you also use this and that and these this this is your environment so is this you love it live for it but it will turn this into that this is the flambeau z rust max tough tainer series these are fully infused with exclusive z rust vci anti-corrosion technology this is a u.s naval battleship 
The same Z-Rust technology used here has been used on those to protect advanced weapon systems from corrosion in conditions like these. For the fish, it's invisible, odorless, tasteless. And for you, it's FDA-safe anti-rust protection for a minimum of five years. This is the next level of tackle management, not that kind of management. This is the Flambeau legacy of tackle systems. What's your tackle worth? It's more than who you are. It's who you're with. And it's more than what you do. It's where you do it. Tin Cup Mountain Whiskey.